0: This is the Rentvesting Podcast with Peter Mastriani. Today I'm joined by Jeremy Shepherd, who's the co-founder of Location Core. Jeremy, welcome to the Rentvesting Podcast. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me here, Peter. Real privilege.
0: Jeremy, just for our listeners' benefit, can you just give us a little bit of detail uh, around yourself and what it is that you actually do?
1: Uh, well, I'm the Director of Research at a business that uh, has clients primarily Involved in property investment, and my job is to find the locations that uh, will suit their budget, their goals, and ultimately give them excellent capital growth. Yeah, so it's it's for me, it's all about research. Every week, it's just delving into data okay. and other details. Yeah.
0: So did you have a property economics background by trade, or how, how did you fall into this line of work?
1: No, I, I was actually uh, an electrical engineer slash. Into uh, computer science, I I was a programmer for a long time, and it was property investing that 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 interests me as a a location to stick my my funds in. I noticed that uh, my super provider was oh they'd send me a notice twice a year telling me how much of my money they've lost and how much they've charged me to lose it, and uh, and Enough, I thought man. oh yeah probably a good idea if I take matters into my own hands and. Yeah, I made a mess of investing in shares and real estate. Just seemed to make uh, a lot more sense. Breeding the market was just so much easier, and uh, yeah, eventually I found myself uh, poring over data and more data, and realising what I'm looking for is supply and demand indicators. And uh, yeah, that got me into property research.
0: So tell me about location score. What what is it essentially?
1: Well, it's, uh, well, apart from it being a website, really it's, it's a, an algorithm, a score out of 100, which tries to gauge each residential property market around the country on the same consistent scoring system from zero to 100, where 100 means demand is massively exceeding supply, and I've never seen a market with a score of 100. Uh, zero means that supply chronically uh, outweighs uh, demand and that's a, an absolute disaster area and it's similarly I've never seen a market like that and a score of 50 is supposed to be a balance point where supply and demand are in balance and, and you can expect the market to just cruise along perhaps at the rate of inflation or, or little little to no growth. So we obviously use this to to find markets where demand exceeds supply. So we're looking for markets with the highest possible location score.
0: What data actually gets fed into locations or to to derive that information?
1: There are eight key metrics we use. A lot of them people will be familiar with, things like auction clearance rates and vacancy rates. But we also include uh, days on market, so that's how quickly a property is selling. So it's listed for sale and how many days does it take before it's eventually sold. So what we've noticed in high demand, low supply markets, properties get snapped up very quickly. So if we can get a count of the average days on market, then we know that uh, we we can have some sort of gauge of supply and demand for that market. Another thing we look at is discounting. So it's the um, difference between the original asking price when a property is listed for sale and the eventual sale price. And uh, that calculated as a percentage is also a good indicator of supply and demand because you get a market where demand exceeds supply. Buyers are, are making very strong offers and there's not much negotiating that goes on before the property is sold. Alternatively, in, in really soft markets, really cold markets, you might get massive discounts of like uh, 10% and that's where the vendors are very negotiable because they're trying to offer their property and finding it very difficult. So that, that's another key metric. Of course, vacancy rates everyone's familiar with We've got yield, uh, percentage stock on market, of course, is another one. That's a, a key supply metric. And probably the, the one that people are most unfamiliar with, we call on, uh, it, it's OSI, which stands for online search interest. And whenever someone goes to uh, realestate.com.au or domain.com.au and they're looking for property, the website keeps track of how many people are actually looking at those pages. They publish data which is the number of people that are searching for property versus the number of properties that are available, and that which is, is an amazing
0: indicator. When you think yeah, about yeah, it, good, yeah, yeah, that is a very good,
1: very good indicator. Yeah, it's straight up and down supply and demand, so yeah, it's a good indicator. And so we munge all these metrics together. Some are more important than others, uh, and come up with a single, simple to understand score, and that's that's the location score.
0: So in your experience, how many people will actually go to this level of research or due diligence when determining where to actually invest their money?
1: Oh gee, very few I would say. In fact I'm amazed at, at the number of people who it seems to be almost a decision made over a weekend. Even some of my friends I found out they've they've bought investment properties. They know I'm in property investment research and I haven't even bothered to ask me. It's just it's just too <laughs> you know anyway <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's it's strange. I think the the majority of property investors in Australia would just prefer to to buy a property that that is either around the corner or, or in a market that they grew up in, something that they're familiar with. The strange thing is that. With the internet and the availability of data, it is so easy to find the best markets in the entire country. It's highly unlikely that they're going to be where you happen to grow up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new era. It really is so easy to get the right kind of data, but people are still a little fearful of of buying in markets they don't have a a feel for. And really, it's, it's not about the feel. It's, it's about capital growth and rental income, it's about risk and reward, really. That's, that's what every investment is about.
0: So from the data that you're actually looking at, is there certain trends that are emerging in the marketplace that, that you're seeing at the moment?
1: Um, it's a little hard to tell over Christmas, New Year's. It gets very quiet. So we've just finished compiling data for February and I noticed that Perth now has had a couple of a couple of key metrics have moved up from a poor baseline up to something that's a little more normal. So that doesn't mean that Perth's going to take off now. It just means that it's it looks like the end of um, a bad cycle for Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems that supply and demand are back in balance there. I mean, the next few months, I mean, it could take off, but uh, too early to tell. And you definitely don't want to jump into a market that's that's been depressed for a long time thinking that you're investing counter cyclically and then you just wait three, four, five years, and you're holding a negatively geared property for all that period of time so yeah for me it's it's a case of investing in in hot markets, markets are already moving. you okay. may have missed the start a little bit, but at least you know that you're you're hitting the ground running you're getting some capital growth straight away yeah but but that's one of the trends that I've noticed and and also, towards the end of a boom, you know we've had booms in, in in Sydney and Melbourne recently, you find that the outskirts of those cities tend to tend to do well because people are chasing affordability, and they've been priced out of the rest of the city. Yep. you might also find some neighbouring regional markets that are doing well. Um, over the past few years, uh, just north and south of Sydney, uh, Newcastle, Maitland, and Wollongong have done well. Starting to see some movement in uh, Bendigo uh, and Geelong uh, around uh, uh, Melbourne. So yeah, you, you start to see at the end of the boom some regional markets starting to take up some of the heat as people seek affordable accommodation. Rentvesting.com.au is proudly in partnership with Loans Only, Australia's leading investment lending specialists. Visit them at LoansOnly.com.
0: Jerry, now Location Score has actually looked at uh, some research and has actually identified. I think it's about sixty locations that are actually helping rent investors win the wealth race against property owners. So that's uh, that's something that obviously caught my interest. Mm. But I understand that uh, Location Score has actually crunched the numbers to to identify, you know, suitable blue chip suburbs within various yeah. locations around the country. So tell me more.
1: Right so the the whole idea of the report was um you, you know you hear this this phrase that uh, rent money's dead money and we thought there's got to be some locations around the country where where rent money just isn't isn't dead money it's actually probably better to rent than it is to own so what we were doing is looking for property markets that have little potential for capital growth in the short term how, uh that how combined short is with short term well, anywhere from, say, two to half a dozen years. It's, okay. it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. But in the short term, meaning yeah, around the five-year mark or less, medium term might be 10 to 15 years and, and long term above that. So we're, we're, we're just talking about short term. So quite often you've got um, low-income earners chasing property prices up. They never seem to be able to save enough to get that deposit. So where would it not really matter that they can't get that deposit together? Well, it's a market where it's not going to experience any capital growth. And it's probably a market that, secondly, is is very expensive. So we looked for high highly expensive markets that have little capital growth potential. And the third thing we were looking for is markets where the rent was quite affordable. So compared to what you're getting. So if it's a million-dollar property and you're only paying $500 a week in rent, well, that's, that's fantastic. If, on the other hand, it was a $500,000 property and you're paying $600 a week in rent, then you're probably paying more than what the owner is on their mortgage, so that is dead money. So we wanted to combine those three things, poor potential for capital growth, unaffordable prices, and good value for money in terms of rent. So these are locations where rent is, is not dead money.
0: Okay. And we,
1: we did that. We picked five top markets in each of the major state capitals.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the, the, the other thing is, well, if, you, if you're renting there, can you afford to buy elsewhere? And if so, where would it be? So then we came up with another list of markets that are, A, very affordable in the same city, very affordable. B, they have good capital growth prospects for the short term. And C, they have good rental income, so that if you are an owner, you're, you've got great serviceability, you know, great rental cash flow, and you've got great potential for capital growth, and it's it's at an affordable price. So the idea of the report is, if you've been priced out of the market, you might be living in an area that you think rent is dead money and, and, and feeling a little depressed about that. There's no need to worry. Uh, here are some alternate markets that that might be worth investing in, and this is the whole thing about rent-vesting.
0: Okay. So give me the breakdown. What's what's happening in New South Wales?
1: All right, where should so, I be living
0: and where should I be investing?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not saying you should be living <laughs> in a unit in Tamarama.
0: As a suggestion, <laughs> yeah. what would you what would you think?
1: Okay. So so we've got Tamarama, Seaforth, and these are units, mind you, and b and also Kellyville, houses in Kellyville and houses in Byron Bay, which of course isn't in, in Sydney, but these are all very expensive locations. They're like a million dollars up and they have quite low yields, which means the rent must be quite low. So although you could be living in a million dollar plus dwelling, you're not paying a thousand dollars a week and you get that nice lifestyle location. Possibly it's, it's, um, you know Tamarama, you've got the beach right there. It's it's really quite a beautiful uh, and pricey place to live in Sydney, uh, but there's not much in the way of capital growth that we believe is going to occur in the next few years. Okay. Um, and so it's it's own, but it could be a good place to rent. And so yeah. where where then would you would yeah. you own if yeah. you, if rent yeah if rent's dead money that you can rent there and you've you've saved up a deposit. So we picked another five locations where it, this is in Sydney, all in Sydney, and they're all under, well, a couple of close to half a million dollars. So they're all units, and they are further away from the CBD. Places like Wallachia, Jamison Town, which is near Penrith, uh, North Richmond, Cranebrook, which is again uh, near Penrith, and, and Glenfield, and these are all units. They have reasonable yields, so they're m- around 4% or higher, whereas the yields in Tamarama, Seaforth, d are uh, under 3.5%, so really, really poor cash flow from investment perspective. And uh, these other markets, Wallachia, Jamison Town, North Richmond, Cranbrook and Glenfield, they've got great capital growth prospects. So the location score for these sort of markets is all over 70 out of 100, which is, which is quite good. It's, I think it's borderline excellent. Whereas the other expensive markets with the low yields, they have all got location scores of uh, around the mid-50s or even one market. Uh, Beecroft units has a location score of 41. So probably talking about a, a problem there with oversupply in terms of units. So, yeah, if, if you can't afford to own in, uh, in Beecroft, that's okay. You can buy in North Richmond and you'll be probably better off doing so.
0: Okay. Jeremy tell me about Victoria.
1: So in Victoria we've got units in McKinnon, units in Brighton East, houses in Geelong, units in Mount Albert and Ashwood. And they're all around the 700-800,000, they have quite low yields and poor potential for capital growth in the short term, so they've got quite a low location score. So the alternatives would be uh, Millgrove, Melton West, Craigieburn, Sunbury, and Cranbourne. So they all have uh, much cheaper property prices, better yields, and greater potential for capital growth.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's talk about my hometown up in Queensland right. in, in Brisbane. What, uh, what should I be doing?
1: Okay. Uh, well, What, I don't what would to... you suggest
0: <laughs> to me then?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell you where to live, no. but um, what, what do you call it? The Gabba? The and The Gabba?
0: Yeah, the Gabba. Yeah,
1: the, yeah. Gabba. So, the uh, so the Gabba these makes are, these the list, all, it? Yes, yeah, yeah, top of the list, actually. So these are all housing markets. Park Ridge, Cannon Hill, uh, Lutwich, am I pronouncing that right? Lutwich. Lutwich. Lutwich and Morningside. Yeah. So they're all quite expensive. They're upwards of three quarters of a mil, and the location score is below 50 for, for all of them, which yeah, means right. they're... Yeah, subpar for capital growth in the short term. Mm-hmm. And then the yield, of course, is, is below 3.5% as well. So they've got poor cash flow, high prices, and poor potential for immediate capital growth. Mm-hmm. So some of the alternatives you might be looking to actually buy in, Roachdale South units, Arana Hills units, Banksia Beach units, Bray Park houses and Strathpine houses. So they're okay. all considerably cheaper. I think the most expensive there, Banksy Beach, uh, around uh, 430000 And they all have good yields of above 5%. Mm-hmm. And they all have good location scores above 70 which is, uh, you know, some of them are in actually the excellent range. But they're all good, good to excellent. Okay. So, Yeah. Okay,
0: and uh, tell me about WA. You, you had mentioned earlier there that uh, the, the research was indicating that it might be coming off the, the bottom. So what, um, yeah. what's worth looking at in WA? All
1: right, well, what's worth looking at it would be uh, Bibra Lake units, Sorrento units, Morley units, houses in Forestdale and Bellagera. But um, the, the expensive markets where you probably want to rent rather than own... Uh, these all have price tags above $700,000, so that's, again, around the three-quarters of a the mil. Uh, these are all housing markets, Highgate, Burrswood, Alfred Cove, Yokine and Perth. So mm-hmm. they've all got location scores that are around 40 to 50, so less than average. So these, these are markets that are, that are going to struggle for any sort of capital growth over the next few years. But the, the alternatives that I mentioned, they have uh, location scores in the 60s, which, mm-hmm. is, which is good. So 62 is our, is our benchmark for the start of good. Anything above 62 is good to excellent. Okay. And so those, those markets are all quite good.
0: Now for our friends in South Australia, I guess it's probably fair to say that it offers affordable real estate in comparison to some of the other states that we've just spoken about. But I guess that doesn't mean that, that local rent investors can't apply the strategy there to, to stay ahead. So what would be your yeah. suggestions for, for South Australia?
1: Okay, so there are some quite expensive markets in South Australia. I mean, these ones are all between 500000 and 600000 So we're talking about houses in St Clair. Welland, Hindmarsh Valley, Manningham, and Fruville. Oh, Fruville units, sorry. So they all have quite low yields of uh, below 4%. Uh, we're talking about property prices here above 500000 And their location score isn't too bad, but it's just it's just a bit ordinary. It's really middle of the range there. So no warning bells, no alarms triggered, but just not where you'd probably want to put your hard-earned money. Alternatively, you could be buying a unit in Happy Valley for a lot cheaper, it's under three hundred thousand. Uh houses in Para Hills, uh, houses in Ingle Farm, Surrey Downs, and Happy Valley, they all have yields close to five percent. They're around the three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar mark, and they have really good location scores. They're in the excellent range of around seventy-six to seventy-nine. So some good prospects for capital growth in the short term, good cash flow and quite affordable markets.
0: Yeah. Now there's a lot of people out there that are quite bullish on on Tasmania. A lot of focus has been around Hobart as a market as well. So what are you suggesting uh, around there?
1: Yeah, okay. So in Hobart, it wasn't too hard to find some, well, by Hobart standards, unaffordable properties. So that's that's like between four and five hundred thousand. Okay. But a lot of the location score figures are actually quite decent, like nothing, nothing really worrisome. But we've got uh, houses in Opossum Bay, Tugra, Hawley Beach, Coles Bay, and Rosevears, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, so the location score was between uh, fifty-two and in the best market sixty-one. So just under what we would consider. Good, a good market. But by Hobart standards, they're not very good yields and they're quite expensive properties. So even in the most affordable market in the country, there's still opportunities for rent vesting. And some of the better locations would be units in Glenorchy, Units in Berrydale, houses in Chigwell, Carlton and Warrain. Yep. and we're talking about yields that are all above six percent. So great cash flow. Yep. Uh, everything is below three hundred thousand, and the location scores are yeah r- excellent. Okay. All of them have excellent location scores. So which makes sense because Hobart has had some great growth uh, recently. The market is quite hot. And, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So opportunities to rent vest uh, around the country, really.
0: Out of curiosity, we've uh, you've mentioned, you know, in different areas that it's sometimes better to, or the, the data is indicating the differentials between units and, and houses. Do you have anything definitive uh, around that um, in terms of what the, the data is showing or perhaps more skewed to in, in particular locations?
1: Uh, well, I think generally it's it's a safer bet to, to pick houses. Uh, the, the risk with units is that it's just too easy for a developer to knock up a block next door and create oversupply, whereas with houses you definitely need land to be opened up. And so that supply is a lot more restricted. But having said that, uh, the algorithm, the location score algorithm is is unbiased in that respect and if... If demand is strong for units and supply is short, then it they'll get a higher okay. a higher location score.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, units are going to have better cash flow. Usually, you get a, a better yield from units than houses. So that's why some of these uh, more affordable markets uh, are appearing as units, uh, particularly in, in uh, New South Wales. I think they're all units. But it's interesting there that in Tassie, uh, you can still buy a house for under three hundred thousand and get a six percent yield, and yeah. and you've got great growth prospects. Uh, yeah, which is yeah really exciting. No wonder. Um, yeah, so there's opportunities that, everywhere.
0: Mm. So how do people uh, find out more about yourself and what do you get up to at Location School?
1: Yeah, well you can go to LocationScore.com.au. There's a bit about me and uh, some of the other directors, and uh, there's plenty of info there on on the data. Uh, what drives it and, uh, yeah, how we collect the data. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can send any questions to info@locationscore.com.au. at
0: Fantastic. Jeremy, thanks for giving up your time and sharing your insights into the rent vesting market. Oh,
1: pleasure, Peter. And, um, yeah, I think that this whole rent vesting uh, concept is really underutilised. Um, I'm a bit surprised that people are still complaining about affordability when, <laughs> when they've got this strategy uh, up their sleeve. So, yeah, I, I like what you're doing and it, it needs to get around to a lot more people. Um, so, yeah, keep up the good work, hey! Eh? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Rentvesting Podcast. We'll continue bringing you the latest investment strategies and news. So stay updated by subscribing to the podcast and by utilizing the free resources at rentvesting.com.au. If you do genuinely enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review. Mightn't seem important. However, it helps us more than you think. Here's to your investing success. Rentvesting.com.au Rethink. Reinvent. Rentvest.